One of the things I've been fascinated with lately are the natural abilities we have as human beings that are inborn. And there are skills we have that are already present in our lives before we ever begin a meditation practice. Uh, So that's important as a context for today. I'll be encouraging what we naturally have as ability. Um, And one of the things I was particularly inspired with for today is the topic of friendship. I was reading an old article by Norman Fisher in which he said, in his essay on friendship, 16th century writer Michel de Montaigne compares friendship to all other human relationship and finds it superior. Siblings usually fight with one another. That's debatable. Maybe not all of us have that experience, but maybe at one point. Spouses are too emotionally entangled to support one another disinterestedly. Parents and children are too blinded by the psychological weight of their connection to see one another with fully open appreciation. But friends, he writes, share one mind, one heart, and one will. Now, this it may be true for you that your children, your partners, your friends also share this, but this is Montaigne's uh, experience. Friends share one mind, one heart, and one will. They are for one another even more than a person can be for themselves. You can trust your friends to look after your interests more than you can trust yourself, he writes. Nothing is more intimate, nothing more lovely than friendship. Montaigne's essay is all the more poignant because in it he tells us that he is not merely theorizing. He's writing in testimony and memorial to the most cherished friend, uh, friendship of his own life, his relationship with the writer Estienne de la Boite, whose death had left him feeling like half a person. In this essay about friendship, I too, writes Norman Fisher, am giving testimony and memorial to my own great friend of more than 40 years, the late Rabbi Alan Liu. We met on the first day of class at University of Iowa Writers' Workshop in 1968, before either of us had begun our spiritual practice. After Iowa, we moved independently to California, where we practiced Zen together for a decade under our teacher, Sojun Mel Weitzman. When Alan went on to become a rabbi, we continued our spiritual friendship, founding a Jewish meditation center that I still direct in his name and memory in San Francisco. For all those years, Alan supported loved and respected me more than I loved, supported, and respected myself. His practice and loving heart was and remains my inspiration. What he wrote is certainly a reminder of how lucky we are in having the opportunity to meet one another in the Dharma and 
possibly develop friendships that are profound. But even if social skills are not your forte, it's supportive to sit with and meet other people through Dharma that become a support for what's happening with us. And as I read what Norman Fisher wrote, what came up for me is that our Dharma practice itself can become the source of inspiration, love, support, and respect. Practice matures to a place where we include everything and leave nothing out, and we can learn to treat our practice the way a great friend would treat us. So that inspired the theme for today, which is befriending our experience and practice. As we receive the flow of experience today, perhaps we can meet it with some of these wonderful traits that we appreciate in good friends. I'll start by naming a few of them, and then we can practice with them as we go along. So one gift a good friend offers is attention. Just by paying attention to us. Jack Cornfield writes, the capacity to be mindful, to observe, without being caught in our experience is both remarkable and liberating. Mindfulness is all helpful, taught the Buddha. It's so, it's so fundamental. It's so basic a skill. We might take it for granted in our friendships. Like, yeah, of course we pay attention to our friends. And we might also take attention for granted in our mindfulness practice. But we engage in it. Uh, it's a natural faculty. Awareness is a natural faculty. And this movement of attention is a natural fa faculty that we actually deliberately aim in meditation in the direction of what we are currently experiencing. So noticing that right now, you're aware, maybe of the sound of my voice, maybe your attention is aimed in that direction, maybe your attention is also taking in other things. I'm taking in the pressure of my seat against the cushion I'm sitting on, the background of a lot of greenery outside the window, that is not in focus, because I'm attending to you guys, um, some sound in the background. So attention takes in a lot. And um, we can and sometimes do overlook this. Yet it, it's an incredible gift that uh, offers us so much in mindfulness practice. And we're going to start with something that basic paying close attention to our experience right now and befriending it as a pure form of love. And this is observing without being caught in experience, befriending whatever's here. By the way, what's here might not be pleasant. It's included too, and it's fine. So I'm having an ache in one hip where I've had some recent challenges. You know, so not everything that's here is easy, and sometimes maybe what's here is difficult. We can also befriend that. We can be objective towards it. We can just allow awareness to take it in. A second trait is adapting. Awareness and attention 
flow with experience. They're endlessly adaptable. Like a good friend, they flow along with what's happening. So as we meditate, you may find your level of energy varies throughout the day, from moment to moment, from hour to hour. And awareness and attention can adapt to that and anything else that's arising and passing. It can be clear and present no matter how we are. So if difficult experiences are here, physical tension, strong emotions left over from something that's been happening or is a current challenging situation, difficult attitudes or thoughts, we can flow along with these. We can be present with how they morph and change. We don't, by the way, need to get dragged into a lot of thinking about it or a story about ourselves or someone else. In the same vein, there can be pleasant experiences that arise and try to pull us into sense pleasures. There may be wanting. Wanting can include, by the way, wanting a certain meditation experience. Some of us here have probably, I know some of us have just come off a retreat and can feel that pull of wishing that that beautiful, you know, developed quality of meditation can continue from the retreat. But as the daily life things creep back in, that's not what's here. So, we can see these urges towards wanting, wanting a better meditation, wanting a better experience, wanting a better body, wanting a better life, um, without getting caught in that. Practice also has this power to recognize what's going on, to catch it before old condition habits take over. It's so basic we can overlook it, yet it has this power to transform us through clear seeing. And so throughout the day, with recognition, we'll also balance it by allowing some space and time for what's happening to be known. We can allow what's happening, see its impact, and have a friendly relationship with that. We don't have to rush things away that are happening. Even if we become aware something's not the best. There's this other act of developing an intimate friendship. Um, which is being there by f allowing to ourselves to feel an experience. Letting a difficult feeling be known. Letting a pleasant feeling be known cultivating feelings that are supportive. Enjoy the process of unfolding and discovery and not ignoring the subtle signs that come with it. Sometimes there's, even so far in this morning, maybe there's been a slight increase in settledness. Maybe there's a little more calm than when we started the day. So, like an ideal friend, aware, attentive, adaptable, 
recognizing what's going on, allowing it, intimately feeling our experience. Like a good friend, our practice is going to show up for how we are and what our experience is telling us, no matter what conditions went into how you're doing. So experimenting with with this today, beginning by noticing how you are right here and now. What is the energy level at the moment? What's that like? And taking time with this body as it sits here, giving it gentle attention. This means taking time to settle into a supportive posture if it needs a tiny bit of adjustment. Going ahead with that. Sometimes it's supportive to do a gradual scan of the body as we sit here, stand here, or lie here. Uh, Sensing the sensation in the feet as it touches the ground or the cushion. There may be some tingling, some warmth, some pressure allowing the attention to take in the lower leg, perhaps feeling pulsing, the overall temperature of the air against the skin, attention traveling to the upper legs and the buttocks against the chair or cushion. Allowing gravity to receive your full weight, releasing the body, relaxing it into gravity. And if there's an area of your body that isn't felt, no worries. Just continuing to allow awareness and attention to take in what is known, what is felt. allowing the attention to take in the belly, the lower abdomen, perhaps releasing it, relaxing the belly, relaxing the lower back, bringing whatever ease is possible to the back, to the chest. And if there's an area of your body where ease or relaxation is not possible, Noticing with kindness what is present and allowing it just as it is, allowing it to be known. Bringing the attention to the arms and hands, 
resting against the lap or the legs, letting the weight naturally release the arms and hands, perhaps dropping the shoulders a little, noticing the breath in the shoulders, the chest. Sometimes it's possible to notice the breath in different parts of the body that we've already visited. Awareness taking in the neck, the jaw, perhaps relaxing the jaw, letting it drop open a little. Releasing muscles of the face, bringing ease or softness around the eyes and to the cheeks, to the scalp. Letting the whole body rest here, being known. Awareness taking in the whole body, being here, breathing in and out. Allowing the breath to bring energy in if energy is needed on the in-breath. or to release anything extra on the out-breath. Perhaps taking a few deeper or slower breaths. And letting the breathing return to whatever it is naturally inclined to do. Noticing whatever is most prominent in awareness. No need to go out looking for it. Just whatever is being received in awareness right now. It may be one thing, it may be many things. We might be noticing breathing, sound, sensation in the body, there can be emotions that are present either in the form of a overall mood or specific feelings. They may be obvious or they may be subtle not overlooking, 
subtle feelings like calm, contentment, or any subtle feeling that's there and wants a little bit of attention without going into any kind of thinking or story, a simple awareness. Pleasant feeling, unpleasant feeling, including everything. And there may be thinking, If so, we have choices simply to notice the sensations that come with thinking. There may be sensations in the head, the face, or the body. Maybe even a sensation of thoughts bubbling up. Noticing it. No need to indulge in or get caught and dragged away by thinking. If there's a lot of preoccupation from the week, completely understandable. And maybe we can allow that to fade to the background or we can invite it to set itself aside for the day. Sometimes we have to issue that invitation more than once. It's okay. If the mind drifts from the meditation, the awareness of what's here, receiving what's arising right now. No problem. Awareness is back once you know that. And kindly recognizing where it went and that you're back and what's most present for you now.
receiving and allowing whatever is being known now, coming back to awareness again and again.
we now have time for a half hour of movement meditation. Um, and for those who are unfamiliar with it or it hasn't been your favorite thing, uh, maybe you could stay around for a few moments of instruction. I do want to encourage some movement meditation. Um, it's It helps the body throughout a day like this to have a period of movement. So for those who uh, would like to stay for a little bit, um, what's commonly done in walking meditation is to pick a path of about 20 to 30 paces and walk back and forth. And the idea is to focus on the sensations in the feet and legs. And um, to as you take those 20 paces, to pause at the end, stop at the end of the, the path. It gives you an opportunity to gather yourself again. And if the mind has drifted, you become aware of it. Turn, pause for a little bit, and then t- walk back. Um, and if you notice that the mind is drawn away from the sensations in the feet and legs during that walking, um, you can stop. You know, if you're caught by a sight or a sound or something takes your attention, stop. Notice what has caught your attention. And then when you're ready, return to the sensations in the feet and leg and, and continue. And you do this at a pace that is conducive to mindfulness. So you can start out by trying a normal walking pace, but sometimes people have to slow down a little to stay with, you know, the feeling of their foot touching the ground, lifting, moving forward, touching the ground. That's kind of what you're focusing on often. Um, So go at a pace that feels right for you. And um, use it as time again to receive what you're aware of and be easy with yourself, Uh, relaxing, enjoying the process of walking. So I will see you all again at uh, 10.30. Pacific time. So see you back in about 27 minutes. Enjoy.